your second act, the podcast that proves that life doesn't have to end at 40 or 50 or even 60, because when it comes to living your best life, age is just a number. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Your Second Act. This week I'm flipping the script as the spotlight is actually on me. I get to sit back and let my daughters Mia and Zara lead the way, peeling back the layers of my life's second act. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it. Welcome to my second act. This is Mia and Zara and we're interviewing mum today. Say hi mum. <laughs> hi everyone. I think she's a bit nervous. That was my first question. How does it feel to be interviewed? The other side of the questions. Yeah, um, it's it's good actually. I think because I'm always interviewing others, it's I guess it's nice to know that someone's interested Someone in. Someone can. Yeah, my story. <laughs> so thank you. When you guys first approached me and said, I think, Mum, you should actually let us interview you because it's only right that other people find out. A little bit about you I thought well okay it makes sense so here we I'll are hand the microphone excited. over to you so our first question is like the start of every episode how what does your second act mean to you it means being free mm. it means being free to I guess learn new things discover new things about myself which I feel like I'm actually doing now with this podcast and just I don't know feeling grown up it's really weird because obviously at 53 I think I was grown up but now that you girls are at an age where you're you know well one's finished school and Zara you're about to finish I feel like we're coming to the end of the kind of child rearing years like an era like a what end of an era oh yeah exactly so as much as, you know, it saddens me that you're growing up and you're moving on, even though you're still not moving out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm excited because obviously you guys don't need me as much and this is what made me realise I've got to find my own passion project. I've got to find looking to myself more and see what it is that I want. So at and the moment. Zara and I, you know, like you said, growing up, moving out, well, not yet, but we will one day. Did that make you want to redirect, I guess, your purpose? Did you feel like you lacked a purpose maybe, that we didn't need you as much? Or was it more we just took up a lot of your time and you needed to, you're allowed to now have more time to yourself and be more selfless, selfish? Um, Yes and no. I think it's not like, you know, I was trying to hurry up the years of rearing you because I've, I've loved them all and, of course, of you know, there are good times and there are tough times. But I think for me I just didn't want to get to that point when you guys didn't need me as much anymore that I was going to feel lost. And I have said it in another episode. My mum found herself like that and that really taught me not mm. to get to that point. Because I think we all need something for ourselves. Yeah, more than just your children. Yeah, especially when we're all something to everyone. So Yeah, I think it's also that generation, Nonna's generation, that, you know, they were just domestic slaves and the children. (laughs) Slaves? Well, you know. (laughs) No, domestic, 
Yeah, a slave to being, you know, keeping the house together, only having the... I mean, a lot of people would argue that. Yeah, yeah. but in like, terms of, like, not being a slave. Oh, she's not actually a slave. <laughs> we, and speaking of Nani, yes. we want to go back to your childhood and, you know, the first act of your life. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about Where you grew up. Okay. Your family? Cultural um, background? Well, I come from an Italian and Spanish background and I grew up in the Illawarra and I married very young for the first time at the age of 23. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Michelle back then is a very different Michelle today, like most of us. What you know, we Michelle? Oh, I was like a very... I guess immature, very shy. You were young though as well. Like well, it comes with wisdom. Yeah, older. but I had no, I don't think I had any excitement. I didn't have, I used to I used to find that I wish that I could be somebody different, but I was mm-hmm. too scared to delve in and, and discover who I really was. So for me, I just wanted to get married and have babies and, live a life like that and yeah. obviously I know it's crazy to think now at such a young age anyway that marriage didn't work out thank goodness for that we'll we get were... to that later <laughs> um but what was it like growing up in an ethnic home it was your first language was Italian yeah I never spoke English when I first started school so that was a bit tough because there was a lot of prejudice in the 70s um there's a lot of racism back then especially to you know the the, the term wogs, we yeah, don't like that term, yeah. yeah. Which you know, what do you do? But um, did you get called a wog? Yeah, a lot. And I went to a very Anglo-Saxon school, so for me, yeah, I guess I I remember saying I always wanted to be um, blonde with freckles and white skin, and Ew. thank God for that. <laughs> but I, it's so funny. I haven't. I didn't turn now, into that. Everyone, Zara and my age, want to be tan, want to be, yeah, yeah, more ethnic looking, which is funny. I just wanted to fit in, I guess. And Yeah. Mum used to tell yeah. us that she'd rock up with, like, smelly salami. She's a smelly salami girl. <laughs> oh, thanks, <laughs> Yes, my, my smelly salami sandwiches, which today people would pay money for. But, of course, I didn't want that. I just wanted the fairy yeah, really. bread or the, the Devon. No, actually, I didn't want the What's Devon because I can't stand meat. Devon's like this terrible ham that you get in, in, a, like a, can. in a tin. I feel like Dad would have grown up with eating that. jelly for sure. Ooh. Anyway, everyone was eating that and I just, even down to my school shoes, Dad would bring back the Italian leather like brown shoe because the, the um, school uniform was brown yeah. and he'd bring us back Italian school shoes with these crocheted Italian socks, and I died every time going <laughs> to they school. The proper thing. No, because everyone had like Kmart shoes or Clarks, and here I was. And my mum said, "But these are beautiful shoes. No one has beautiful <laughs> leather shoes. They all wear in plastic." And I, I wanted, wanted plastic shoes. Yeah. I wanted to be like everyone else. So a little bit of that made me also retreat within myself because I didn't want to be seen. Um, I just wanted to blend in because I always felt that I was different. Hmm, for sure. So a theme that has come up a lot in your past interviews is divorce and having the strength and support to leave an expired relationship. 
So as we spoke about before, you mentioned you were married before our dad. Mm. So what was your experience like with, you know, leaving and starting a new life? Because you did move from Wollongong to Sydney after. Initially, it was the hardest thing I ever did. Um, Just the thought of getting a train from Wollongong to Sydney gave me so much anxiety because I thought I could get lost. Where would I end up? So I was very much sheltered. My upbringing was extremely sheltered. And then I moved into a marriage that, again, was quite sheltered. And I just never had the chance to grow into myself. So when Because you got married really young. How old were you? 23. Yeah, but I, I right. was dating him since the age of 17. So, so he was like my first, yeah, yeah, my first love. And anyway, that didn't work out. And fortunately, that didn't work out because it just was toxic. It wasn't right for either of us, really. And... I moved to Sydney and just spread my wings and never, ever have I ever looked back. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, that was for me, that was my first act. That's when life really started for me. It was just getting away from, I guess. The gong. Yeah, it's not that, you know, Wollongong is is a horrible place, not at all, but it wasn't, I wasn't able to grow into the Michelle that I am today down there. Yeah, if you were to stay there. Would you say your experience through divorce shaped you more to the person you are today or did that come later? I think it started it. I think it pushed me to move out of my comfort zone because I had to move. I had to reinvent myself. Um, And then obviously once I moved to Sydney, then, yeah, I just kept on, on moving and I think it, it did definitely shape me to who I am today. And there were there were a lot of hard times as well. It wasn't all wonderful because obviously I I had to learn a lot and I, I had a lot more heartache as well. Mm. And were you supported? Were people telling you to leave the marriage? Was it a decision on your own? Um, did you feel supported by peers when you did? Yeah, very. I think when it came to it, um, no, my parents had my back. My friends, one in particular, she was instrumental in getting me to move. I remember she drove all the way down from Sydney and picked me up and said, you're coming to live with me. So, you know, I will be forever thankful to her. And then I had another friend who was in recruitment and helped me get a job. So the two of them were really my my support, my big support. So sometimes I guess you need you need that push. You, you need push, someone yeah. to, I guess, lead you, hold your hand a little bit. And I definitely needed that because I was just so scared. I was full of fear. Mm. And the unknown was something that kept me, held me back, kept me crippled, I think. Yeah. Well, if you had relationship advice for Zara and I, what would it be? Don't marry at 23. <laughs> <laughs> Don't marry the first person you kiss. Uh, no, my, no, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think everyone will say, live your life, travel, work out who you are. You know, that is all so true. But sometimes people meet people at a young age and they just connect and they're soulmates and they're really good together. So I just think be always true to you and follow your gut. If something doesn't sound or feel right, listen to it because I did not listen to mine for a very long time and I think that's where I went wrong. So 
I think you guys, oh my gosh, you're you're so different to how I was. You're way more mature, more worldly. So I I know that you're going to make the right decision in the at the end of the day to, you know, who you're going to pick and end up with. So just have fun. Keep keep discovering who you are because you change constantly. Nothing ever stays the same. Would you say you're still evolving? Yeah, and learning who you are as a person. Yeah, especially now, um, especially since I did this program, which is called the Spiral Program, I got to shed a lot of baggage that I was holding and through that I really learned more about myself and actually... Which he talks about in an episode. I do. <laughs> um, yeah. I just Checking think... Out you've got to just give yourself a chance to work out who the hell you are and sometimes that can take you 50 odd years but i think now i just keep evolving and keep learning and keep trying that's the one thing i used to be really scared to fail so i would stop myself from trying new things now i care less about failure it still it still scares me but i just think well if i don't do it then i'm just never going to move on and i'm one about not being stuck I think it's it's funny hearing you say that you were scared and you were so different because as a mum, you've been such a strong mum and every time we doubt ourselves, you you know, you tell us to get back up, we're very resilient. And so it's I guess it's strange hearing you say that you weren't always like that. Yeah. But then you did say yesterday, Mum, oh, you're great. Mom what was it? Yes, but she acts like a little child and she comes to her. So this is a she question. doesn't preach to the choir. The question I have is that you know the last ten weeks of you releasing episodes mm. on you know embracing your second act and trying to reject what we're kind of taught what aging is, especially for women. Do you feel you know? It's very easy to say these things, but it's a lot harder to mm. put them into practice. So do you feel that you're really trying to take on board? Or even like, you know, you you like saying this and knowing this is like, you know, how we need to reframe our perspective, but also knowing that like it takes time and you're not perfect, even though you're kind of preaching it? Yeah, absolutely. Because I also think that, via social media or even platforms like podcasts, I think they make you sometimes feel like you're not living your best life because you're listening to these stories. And my sole purpose for this podcast is not to make people feel that way. Mm -hmm. And the other day I had this realisation that maybe some people are because I'm speaking to women who most of them have reinvented themselves and have moved on. I guess you could say it's motivation, though, and to show yeah, everyday women can do that, not just the Oprah would freeze of the world. But no, but you know what? It doesn't mean you have to do something. It's I just want women to feel supported. And yeah. if you don't want to change anything, hey, don't change. But because I lived a long time fearing change, I just want people that possibly feel the same way as me to not don't fear and that's why I hope these stories resonate with others yeah and I'm learning I'm learning as well as I'm recording these episodes with these wonderful women that are opening up and being vulnerable I'm also learning Mm. and and trying to push myself and to put myself out here on this podcast is a massive step step for me well in terms of that we know, like Mayor and I, that it took a good year for you to like 
bring no. yourself to put it out. Yeah. What was the big thing that was holding you back from doing this? Would you say it's failure? What people would think? It was more what people would think or would people want to listen? Um, do I have enough to to give for people to really find it interesting? So I second-guessed myself a lot. Um, but you know what I realised at the end of the day that just give it a go and, you know, maybe it wasn't going to work but at least I tried yeah. in the end. And yeah, okay, I probably would have felt like a failure but I don't think you can because once you, you decide to step out of your comfort zone and do something, you're not a failure because you've actually tried. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I always say to the two of you, just try it. What's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't happen and you move on to something else. But I'm a big believer that you take a step and that step will open a door and lead you to somewhere else. Yeah, we have to give it a go, otherwise you never will know. I would have regretted it. If I hadn't have given this a go, I would have always thought, what, what if? if? Yeah. And I don't like living Jinx. with those. It's like <laughs> when um, mum, we made her like have the day that you yes. and Mia made her have the day that you were going to publish like your intro and mum just couldn't bring herself to push like the post button of Instagram like to say like oh hi everyone yeah I was like just and do then it I literally got her phone and went post and you went ah <laughs> I felt but then so now, sick but look at the you know yeah. reaction you've had well you know what that was the hardest part more so than even releasing the first episode it was Instagram. putting it out there on Instagram to say hey, everyone, I'm doing this. And so many people, because I didn't really tell many, yeah. came out no, and said, what the hell? You've got a podcast. Why? When? I don't understand. And the minute it was out there, I just, this sense of relief, yeah. this, this like, oh, okay, I'm on the path now. I have to do it. And I think I just needed that push and that goal to work towards. Yeah you know, um, releasing the first episode. So when did you come up with the idea of your second act? About, oh, that was probably end of last year. I was thinking of various topics. Um, initially I thought I might do it with some friends and then that didn't really eventuate to anything and then someone said, why don't you just do it on your own? Because I love listening to podcasts. I've always got one in my ear and I thought, can do this and I like listening to people's stories so I'm just going to do it so yeah it took me a while to come up with a name because initially I was going to call it the middle years and a few people said oh that's a bit boring well you had um what's it called anything goes which is like one of the biggest podcasts yeah. ever. <laughs> we were like no no <laughs> anyway the second act I thought it had a nice ring to it yeah. and but yeah, well, how it's our long, second chance. How long have you wanted to make a podcast for? Probably a couple of years now. Mm. So I, I was I was marinating on it for a long time, and then I realised no, I'm going to really look into it. So yeah, and the minute I started looking into it, then I just couldn't step back. I just yeah. kept on going, and then I knew that's that was the right thing for me. Well, can I say? Yeah, I'm very proud of you. Yeah. Aww. Also, because it's hard being like vulnerable. Not only just like with people, but then also the on internet. the internet, yeah. and then being putting it out there and saying like, "Come listen!" Like inviting people into yeah. not judge. Well, it's more common, like, I think, listen. for our generation to put ourselves out there on social media, and it's different for your generation. I think. I think that's why you've had a really big response as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, I have to say I haven't really been worried about the negative comments and, to be honest, I haven't received any nice. trolling. <laughs> but um, everyone's been super supportive. And, you know, when I got the 1,000 downloads, I just couldn't believe it. I thought, wow, you know, I, people are listening from all over the world and it's really cool. It's cool that someone like myself who has this has got nothing to do with what I do on a daily basis mm -hmm. in my work that I could actually put something like this out there and, and people are liking it. So, Well, what has this, uh, like, done for you, this having this podcast, what has this done for your second act and has it been what you've hoped? Yeah, it's given me an immense sense of purpose, excitement. More than anything, mm -hmm. I'm excited. You are, you are always really excited about yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's having something for myself. Like, you girls are so creative. Um, you know, me, you're doing a short film. Zara, you're just going through your HSC, but... Even that. <laughs> Not that exciting. <laughs> no, no, but the thing is, you know, you're also really into film and you even put together a magazine of beautiful things that you like. You designed that while studying through the HSC. So it's like, I mean, all of both of you and the things that you want to do and, and that it really excites me, but I was lacking that excitement mm. within myself. So actually it was excitement. Mm. It was that's what I've gained is on top of purpose, it's just having that fire in my belly and saying, yeah, this is yeah, my thing like now. Passion. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a passion project. Oh, I don't know. You were going to say something. Um, with, in saying that, what do you think is the importance of like an outlet? Like, you know, work is really important, but mm. what do you think is, you know, especially for women, I think, is the importance of having something like creatively, like expressing yourself? Well, it's funny because when people say creative, they think automatically. Painting. Yeah, you have to be good at painting or drawing. Yeah. But no, we're all creative beings. It's tapping into it. I think it's really important. That's one thing I have to say about myself. I've always yeah. involved myself around creative people yeah. or creative things. Like, you know, I was doing interior decorating at one stage yeah you did that you, for a while i Mom did always like growing up we always were doing like painting or yeah um, yeah you got very creative little, the little like rooms you would make oh when i was doing my design that course. was yeah. cool yeah Mum would make these rooms. yeah it was like a 3d little room it was like a little doll's house kind of yeah. thing for her course and they were really cool i remember you made like a disco room yeah, yeah. that was, <laughs> it was cool. a nightclub nightclub, nightclub. <laughs> yeah That's yeah so for me i've always I've always wanted to be part of that, but it was just trying to work out how I could turn that into, mm. you know, either a job or a side hustle, whatever it is. But I think... Yeah, Has it I been what you've hoped? Yeah. And it's weird. I thought that the interior design was what was filling my soul. Mm. And if I look back now, it wasn't, but it maybe it was something that I had to go through in order to get to yeah. this. Now I completely feel I've landed where I was meant to all along because yeah. I love it. it it comes easy to me I feel passionate about it I don't avoid doing it it's like any chance that I can sit and work does it on feel like a job yeah it doesn't and it's great and you know I've got my my day job and which you know I work in the family business and it's great because you know I'm contributing to our business but at the same time I just felt like something was missing so mm. yeah it's exciting. And in terms of evolving as one of your bucket list 
things. Yeah. How do you feel Mia and I help you evolve in your Oh, that's act? a good one. She's like, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have helped me evolve so much. Actually, you guys have taught me so much. I grew up with certain values, um, but you would always challenge my values and it just made me realise they were a little bit backwards um, and sometimes you girls would do things and I'd think, oh, my goodness, I, I can't believe they've done that. That's just, for me, that's not right. It's not the way I be believe things should be and the way that I was raised to think. But actually now it's been really freeing because, again, I was so trapped in my head on what is right and what is wrong. And your generation's all about, hey, let's just try, anything goes. Mm. So actually you girls have helped me to evolve tremendously um, and Dad as well because he's he's also, Dad's quite a, a big thinker and he's all about just give things a go and, and he's pushed me a lot, mm. a lot through our marriage. Mm. So yeah, I think the three of you have helped me tremendously. You always say that we push the boundaries with you. Oh, not overly, but with some things. And sometimes <laughs> I've just had to give in and think, okay, fine, but actually then it worked out. So Yeah, no, it's all about learning, it's just, I guess. And it's me wanting to protect you guys. It's I guess oh, it's just sure. a parental thing. thing that you you know that you do. So our last question, who was your favourite daughter? Well, um, <laughs> Woody. Woody, 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 well, thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> us. Yes. And thank you. Tune in to your <laughs> next episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Your Second Act. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram for more content and updates.